me on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, or my newest platform, Pocket Cast. I want to thank you for tuning in, listening to me. Got a lot to cover this week. Very busy show. Going to take a look at where I was right, where I was wrong for week two. Give a little love-hate for week three. League injury report and followed up with the waiver wire. Some of the hottest trends going in fantasy football right now. Uh, we're going to do some pickums here for week three. And finally, uh, end the show uh, with a look at tonight's Carolina versus Houston game. So without further ado, trying to smash all this stuff into an hour, let's get to it. Uh, as far as right and wrong goes for week two, uh, starting with the quarterbacks as I like to do here, I had Josh Allen uh, against Miami, thought that was a crush spot. I mean, how could that go wrong? <laughs> I mean, he absolutely demolished the Dolphins last year. And um, while he didn't have a bad game, he uh, he just he, he definitely fell short of expectations. Uh, only finished the game with 179 yards through the air. Did throw a couple of scores um, and did get picked off once. Uh, chipped in 35 yards on the ground. Probably gave you right around 17 points or so. Um, not bad, but definitely not what I think we were expecting here, um, especially in a 35 to nothing shutout. Like, you know, before the game, if I would have told you that the Bills are going to shut out the Dolphins 35 zip, you'd probably think that Josh Allen's responsible for four out of those five scores. And uh, just no, not the case. Um, he'll be looking to bounce back, uh, so to speak, anyway against the Redskins here this week, and we'll get into that matchup here just a little bit later. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the L on that. Even though he didn't have a bad game, um, he definitely didn't give you, I think, the points that, one, he's capable of, and two, that uh, that we were expecting in a great spot against Miami. So I'll go ahead and take the L on that. Not exactly how I wanted to start this show, but uh, hopefully – it gets a little bit better. Um, I did have Russell Wilson in a in a big spot against the Titans, and that definitely did work out. Went for 343 through the air, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, chipped in at 16 yards on the ground, not a big deal, but still finished with right around 23 points, give or take, you know, what uh, what your scoring looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he had no problem moving the ball through Titans, Swiss cheese defense. Um, had had big gains, big scores to uh, to Swaim, to Lockett. Um, Metcalf was surprisingly quiet through the first part of the game, and and came uh you know kind of woke up a little bit in the second half. But um, yeah, I mean as for as far as you know, Russ went, man, that was that was easy peasy. So um, yeah, he, we're gonna go ahead and chalk that up as a W. And uh, lastly had Tom Brady going off against the Falcons, and he certainly did. Um, the yardage totals might not jump off the page at you. Only had 276 yards in the air, but the five touchdowns will definitely do it. Um, he did fumble, though, surprisingly. Um, so that, uh, that you know, docked a couple points from him, but still finished with a very strong, you know, right in the neighborhood of 29 points, once again, depending on your scoring. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, 
I figured this was going to happen. Atlanta's got a piss poor defense. Uh, you know, you're not going to stop the goat with that defense, and not not with the receivers and weapons and tools that he has at his disposal. Um, no, that that was that was easy peasy for uh, for the goat there, Tom Brady. Um, we're going to take two out of three on on the love side. On the hate side, Matt Ryan uh, in that same game against the Bucks. Um, you know, I figured he'd get some garbage time, and he did. Um, still, with that said, exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, finished with th- exactly 300 yards through the air and did drop a couple of tutties on the, the Bucks defense, but he did get picked off three times, uh, two of those by Mike Edwards. Um, so if you started the Bucks defense last week, like I told you to, then you were very happy. Um, it, when it comes to Matt Ryan, though, the overall line, you know, given the uh, the two-point conversion helped, you know, negate, you know, one or two of those interceptions based off scoring. Still finished with right around 19 points. Um, I thought he was going to – honestly, I'm surprised that he left the field intact, to be honest. Um, only sacked once but pressured all game. The Atlanta offensive line is in shambles. They cannot protect this guy, so it's only a matter of time before um, before somebody takes his uh, takes his head off. So, um, with that with that said, I'll go ahead and take the L. He still exceeded my expectations. I didn't really think much more than you know maybe 15 points or so um, on a good day from him, and you know he surprised me a little bit. Uh, Carson Wentz was next up on the list. Had 247, one and one. Um, 37 yards on the ground, struggled a bit, obviously got the, um, the double ankle injury, not super common, but, um, I think one is a moderate high ankle sprain. The other is kind of a low ankle sprain. He's questionable for this week. Hasn't practiced. Um, once again, we'll get into that a little bit later, but, um, finished with right around 18 points. I don't love it. Don't hate it. It's pretty good against a, a stout Rams defense. Um, I I call it a push, but uh, if you if you disagree one way or the other, let me know in the comments below. Once again, find me on Twitter at Hot Mike John. Uh, love to hear from you guys. Uh, finally, uh, Derek Carr. I had him um, coming on. You know, he he was coming off a huge week uh, against the Ravens where he threw for 435 yards. I, I guarantee you nobody saw that coming. Um, really thought he was going to come back to earth against Pittsburgh, and all he did was throw a smooth 382, two touchdowns and no picks. Um, so definitely eating uh, eating my words there. Um, that one was probably the worst L of the week. So uh, looking back at the quarterbacks, 2-2-1, two, two and one, that's not exactly how, or I'm sorry, 2-3-1. and one. That is not how I wanted to start the week, but uh, I'm confident that it does get a little bit better. Uh, Moving on to the running backs, started with Najee Harris against the Raiders. Um, Really thought that he was going to pop off. Love the fact that he's on the field as much as he is. Uh, The rushing line definitely left a lot to be desired. Uh, Ran the ball 10 times for only 38 yards. Didn't get in the end zone on the ground. What saved his day was the five catches, the 43 yards, and the touchdown. He got through the air. Um, 
you know, this is a very talented running back. He's an you know all-around good contributor, can catch the ball, runs the ball. Pittsburgh's, you know, maintained that he's going to be on the field just about every offensive snap if he can. So the volume is definitely going to be there. I think that, um, you know, for the the seasonal outlook, um, definitely positive, definitely, um, you know, a workhorse type back. Whether or not the the yards per carry is going to stand out at you, you know, we'll see. Pittsburgh still has a really crappy offensive line, but they are going to get him the ball, and um, they did that against the Raiders. And, uh, you know, left the game with a cool 19 points. So, uh, yeah, we're going to call that a win. Austin Eckler was next up on the list, had him in a nice spot against the uh, the Cowboys. Um, coming off a receptionless game against the Redskins in week one, that really stood out. Um, and, boy, did they remedy that. Um, had just as many catches as he did rush attempts, nine apiece. Um, a hundred and, uh, 115 scrimmage yards, you know, if you're in full point PPR, it's going to come out to about 22 and a half points with the two point conversion that he scored. So yeah, that's definitely a nice, uh, nice rebound game against the Cowboys. We're going to call that a win. Nick Chubb, I thought was, a uh, in a great spot against the Texans and he definitely came through with 95 yards on the ground and a touchdown good for just shy of 17 points. We're going to call that a win. And then finally, Aaron Jones was my guy, and man, did he show up. Went for uh, 67 yards on the ground. Okay, ho-hum. What are you making a big deal about? All right, he scored. All right, you know, that that's kind of par for the course for Aaron Jones. Yeah, but the six catches, 48 yards, and three additional touchdowns in the air is what really made his night and iced the game. Uh, came away with 41 and a half points. That probably single-handedly won you your week. And, um, yeah, you can definitely thank Aaron Jones for that. He feasts on the Lions' defense and, um, yeah, just continued to do so last week. Uh, The hate side, Saquon Barkley, once again, was not high on against Denver, uh, or beg your pardon, against the Redskins. Only finished with 57 yards on the ground couple catches, 12 yards, was not really a factor. Held to just under nine points. That's not going to get it done for an RB1. And um, I do expect him to continue to grow and continue to bounce back a little bit more, probably starting this week. We'll get into that here shortly. Uh, James Robinson did not like him against the Broncos for good reason. 47 yards on the ground, 17 yards in the air. Uh, going along with three catches, nine and a half points, not going to get it done uh, for an RB two. Um, yeah, I mean these these are these are rookie numbers, man. You got to pump those up. And finally, Miles Gaskin made the hate list uh, against Buffalo, and it was well deserved. Just twenty five yards on the ground, twenty one yards through the air, um, full point PPR with the four catches gives you just you know right around eight and a half points. Um, yeah, I mean, you're probably counting on him at best as, you know, an RB2, probably a flex play, but even then, um, still a pretty disappointing outlook. So, you know, I you know, I bounced back from my, uh, my porous quarterback predictions to go clean sweep here with the running backs. So let's see if I can take a little momentum into the receivers. 
uh, had Devontae Adams leading off against the Lions, and I'm going to call that a win. Eight catches, 121 yards, good for uh, 20 points or so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm always going to take a 20-burger out of any of my starters here, so Adams did not disappoint. Tyler Lockett, huge game against the Titans, eight catches, 178 yards. I mean, wow, just could not stop him, the Titans defense. I, you know, I said before, you know, I said last week that the Titans secondary didn't have the speed to keep up with him. Um, and, <laughs> and he made that painfully obvious, uh, eight, 178 and one good for, uh, 31.8 points in most of your scoring, um, with PPR and, uh, CD lamb next up against the chargers led the team with uh, eight catches. In fact, nobody else was even really close. Amari Cooper got dinged up with the ribs. Uh, he only had three catches for the game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is the undisputed wide receiver one in Dallas for this week. And honestly, he's looked outside of week one against the Bucks, where both of those guys really feasted. Um, C.D. Lamb has been looking like the the wide receiver one we all kind of projected him to be. Um, he finished the game with 17 and a half points. Um, going to call that at at the very least a push, if not a win. Um, and then Chris Godwin had him in a nice spot um, against the Falcons. Although he, based off how I hyped that game, I mean, I by the sounds of it, I I made it seem like Tampa was going to win 50 to nothing. Um, you know, Godwin had a good game, not a great game. Four catches, which is fairly disappointing. The 62 yards and the touchdown, not bad. 16 points. Um, you know, I'd, I'd push it. I'm not going to call that a win. I don't want to call it a loss. You, you know, that's still a, a pretty solid score, but uh, I definitely hyped it. I thought he was going to be in that 20-plus category, um, you know, especially topping 100 yards against Atlanta's uh, – Pretty bad defense, um, but all in all, yeah, you know, I, I feel pretty good about those picks. Um, the hate list consisted of DJ Chark one for nineteen. <laughs> yeah, that's not getting it done. Kenny Galladay three for thirty-eight off of eight targets. That's not getting it done. Uh, so I'll, I'll take the W's on those two. But boy, did I get wrecked with Cortland Sutton. Didn't think he was going to show up against Jacksonville. It's not like they have a great defense or anything, but I just, you know, I figured that the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the run, the running game was going to really stand out. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it just, it did to an extent, but Cortland really showed out nine catches, 159 yards, good for about 25 points. Um, yeah, that's an L. So, um, yeah, we're gonna, we're just gonna go ahead and, and move right along there. Uh, into the tight ends. TJ Hawkinson had him in a nice spot against the Packers and uh, did pretty well. Eight catches, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Good for, uh, you know, 20 and a half points. Definitely calling that a win. If you can ever get 15, 20 plus points out of your tight end, man, that is uh, a great week. Um, doesn't matter if it's TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, or anybody. You get You get that kind of production, you're in a great spot. Um, that's a W Logan, Logan Thomas against the giants. Ah, not a bad game finished with nine and a half points, five catches, 45 yards. Um, don't love it. Don't hate it. 
I'd call it a push. Let me know what you think. Um, Kyle Pitts, five catches, 73 yards, you know, good for, you know, 12 plus points. Once again, the number itself might not jump out at you, but the fact that it's coming out of your tight end spot, um, definitely helps. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, if this were a starting receiver, then I'd say, okay, you know, that's probably not going to get it done as far as, uh, you know, being in the love column, but. Kyle Pitts is very clearly the number two option there, and he's going to get considerable volume. Um, I like him uh, continually uh, continually getting better and uh, improving those numbers. So, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead, and I'm going to call it a win. So, um, yeah, let me know what you think. And then finally, I had Noah Fant going off against the Jags. Only had four catches for 33 yards, but he did score a touchdown, so that's going to get him up to just over 13 points. Um, not, yeah, I mean, it, I, I call it a win because, once again, you get double digits out of your tight end spot. That's that's typically good production, but uh, let me know what you think. Where I got it wrong, I thought Rob Gronkowski was coming back to earth, and to an extent, he did. Um coming off an eight for 90 and two performance against the Cowboys in week one. All right. Four catches, half as much, 39 yards, you know, less than half as much still had those two touchdowns though. Good for just, uh, just shy of 20 points taking the L there. Um, I, <laughs> this guy is showing signs of, uh, you know, like Gronk, Gronk circa 2015, 16, something like that. Um, I mean, this guy looking like, uh, he's in his prime out there, even though he's, he's moving around a little bit slower than he was, but, um, yeah, man, this, this guy's still tearing it up and Brady's making him look great. Uh, Colk met against the Bengals one catch one yard. Enough said that'll be a win. Um, and then lastly, we have the defense, uh, Tampa Bay loved, 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 Tampa Bay's defense they came through with those two pick sixes had a sack three picks two touchdowns that's good for 19 points that's a win Cleveland's defense against Houston was really high on them had a sack a pick and a fumble recovery but that's it got their five points it's you know for a defense that's you're you're pushing that's that's nothing special um we're gonna go ahead and uh we're gonna push it because once again, five points out of defense, okay, not a big deal. Uh, Rams really liked him against the uh, the Colts, sacked Carson Wentz three times, picked him off twice, good for eight points. Um, yeah, I'm gonna call that a win. Yeah, I like uh, I like eight points against against the Colts offense, so I'm good with that. And then um, <laughs> you know the uh, the low hanging fruit, so to speak, the Patriots versus the Jets. Um, I said last week, Bill Belichick eats young quarterbacks alive, and this was no exception. 19-point performance on the back of four picks and four sacks. So, um, yeah, definitely going to call that a win. The teams I hated, Dolphins versus Bills, absolutely right there. Um, They had a sack, a pick, and a, a fumble recovery, but also allowed 35 points. Um that's going to get them a point, and that's going to keep them on the hate list. Colts, 
much of the same. Uh, the one one and one treatment, one sack, one pick, one fumble recovery, and add in another one, a, a touchdown, which saved their day, put them up at 11 points. I'll take the L there against the Rams. And then finally, the um, the Vikings defense was really um, beat up in the sense that they gave up 34 points. But um, getting three sacks, two picks, and a touchdown to save your day to get uh, a total of 12 points, um, that's going to hand me an L. So I got to own that. Um, but, you know, is what it is. So looking back here. What uh, what did I do? Looks like we're at uh, twenty one eight and three as far as my love hate for week two goes. I'm good with that. I'm gonna take that as a win overall, and that should uh, where's that gonna put me? Oh, I don't know here. Um, overall, yeah, it doesn't matter. Who's keeping count anyway? All right. Got through right and wrong here in the first segment. Going to take a quick break uh, when I come back. Going to go ahead and hit, um, oh, what should I do? Let's do uh, the league injury report. A lot of big names uh, are dinged up, got hurt in week two. I'm going to hit that, and then uh, maybe along the same vein, we'll hit hit up the waiver wire to see who... uh, who you can call on, who might be available to fill in some of those spots. Stick around. already been ruled out and then um, a lot of guys that I think we should keep an eye on uh, starting off I think the some of the biggest uh, news here out of the last 24 48 hours is Andy Dalton uh, will be out with a knee issue against Cleveland thus paving the way for Justin Fields to make his first start um, I mean that that's just that's the news that's the big no nobody was starting Andy Dalton Nobody cares about Andy Dalton from a fantasy standpoint. This is all about Justin Fields and what he's going to be able to do in his much-anticipated first start. I don't like Fields as much against Cleveland because I think Cleveland is a pretty solid defense, and that's going to be a tough test against a rookie quarterback. But, uh, hey, we'll see come Sunday. Uh other big news out of Cleveland, uh, Jarvis Landry uh, landed on the IR for a minimum of three weeks with uh, a knee injury, so he's going to be down. Still don't know um, the 
likelihood of Odell Beckham Jr. coming back. He did practice in full, and he is listed as questionable for this week with his own knee injury, so there is some optimism that he could suit up. Uh, next, we got Tua Tagovailoa, um, broken ribs, will uh, will not play against the Raiders, has already been ruled out. That's going to pave the way for Jacoby Brissett to, uh, to take over and start for the Dolphins. Uh, Antonio Brown out against the Rams um, with COVID-related matters. Uh, I don't think he is going to make it out in time. Um, that's uh, as far as the guys that are out. Oh, Tyrod Taylor out against uh, the Panthers here tonight uh, with a hamstring injury. That will leave Davis Mills, the rookie quarterback, to make the start. Um, we'll get into a little bit more of that here at the end of the show as I cover tonight's game. Uh, some other big names that uh, you should probably keep an eye on. Um, Amari Cooper, who I alluded to earlier, um, did not practice with uh, what seems to be at least a moderately severe rib injury. Jerry Jones went on his uh, weekly radio spot here yesterday and um, just put it plainly, he he doesn't know. He doesn't feel confident that Cooper can make the start. Um, You know, we're still a a couple days out here, so, you know, we'll see if he's going to be able to practice at all this week. Um, If he does, you know, try to play, it'll very likely be a real game-time decision. So uh, keep your eye on that. Uh, T. Higgins did not practice for Cincinnati with his own shoulder injury. Um, Keep an eye on that. He should be good to go. He's listed as questionable, but, you know, we'll see. They might have just been holding him out of practice uh, Wednesday. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, another guy who didn't practice, but we all know he he doesn't necessarily need practice um, as he nurses his rib injury. He's listed as questionable. Cortland Sutton with a hip injury was limited in practice yesterday. Uh, he's questionable. DeAndre Swift groin injury limited practice listed as questionable. Um, Antonio Gibson was limited with a shoulder injury. All these guys are going to be questionable here. Deontay Johnson, the knee injury that he suffered on the last play of that Raiders game here in week two, uh, did not practice. He's listed as questionable. That's a guy that I actually have some some legitimate doubt about making uh, making a start here in week three. It looked like a pretty gnarly knee injury, but fortunately, uh, by all accounts, it looks like he avoided serious injury. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has a pectoral injury, did not practice. Um, things keep getting worse for him, man. He's, he's already basically a statue in the pocket, uh, doesn't move around. He's getting hit because the offensive line isn't good. Now you got a pec injury to go on top of it. it uh, man, if you're investing players, unfortunately, like I am, I got a couple Steelers receivers on my teams, um, namely Deontay Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool, um, you are really hoping that Big Ben uh, pulls it together, the offensive line pulls it together, and shows up here because we could use the production. A uh, couple more names. Kenny Galladay limited with a hip injury. He's questionable. Uh, Damian Harris for New England has a finger injury, was limited in practice. And the one that kind of snuck up here, 
Um, yeah, I mean, not if not if you were watching the, the Vikings game, but uh, Dalvin Cook did not practice with an ankle injury. Um, it seems as though he's just nursing the injury. They're taking their time with it. Uh, hasn't been any indication that he won't play in week three, but still a situation that I think you want to go ahead and be mindful of if you're a Dalvin Cook owner. Uh, just for insurance purposes, maybe you want to um, snatch up Alexander Madison if he's on the waiver wire, which we're going to get to right now, or um, go ahead and maybe pull a, a low-key trade-off just for the added insurance um, in case the injury gets re-aggravated or for whatever reason Cook can't go. Um, speaking of waiver wire, wanted to go ahead and hit that up here. Um, going to hit some of the the hottest moving players here. Most added over this weekend uh, was number one guy for me who has been really, really productive in the first couple weeks and uh, was probably overlooked in a lot of leagues on draft day was Rondell Moore, the receiver for the Cardinals. He has been tearing it up. Um, probably, uh, yeah, he was just shy of 20 points here again in uh, in week two. So he has been a steady contributor opposite of D-Hop and company. So um, if for whatever reason he's available, get him now. He is a must-add. Um, some other names uh, that I've seen going up, Cordero Patterson, um, who I guess now is a full-time running back with the Falcons. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't love this pickup. I mean, he, he's been added in uh, almost 50% of uh, ESPN fantasy leagues over the last week, and I just I don't buy the hype. Mike Davis isn't injured, and while he hasn't been super productive, Patterson had you know, one game against the Bucks, where, okay, he scored a cheapy touchdown. And other than that, I mean, it's, I, I just don't understand the hype. So, I mean, maybe if you are really, really desperate for a running back, um, you know, you can give him a look. Uh, speaking of, of running backs, Tony Pollard's been moving up after a big game against the Chargers. Um, the Panthers and Cardinals defenses, if they, if they're still available, uh, go ahead and give them a solid look. They have uh, shown in the first couple weeks of the season that, um, you know, I, whether it be matchup play, you know, getting some favorable matchups or what, um, they're definitely worth taking a look at streaming, especially Carolina tonight going up against a rookie quarterback and a pretty rough Houston, Texas team. I would absolutely advise putting Carolina on your playlist. Um, and then Sterling Shepard. If, uh, once again, he's available in your league, he's a must-add as he's been um, a fixture. You know, he's been really productive here over the first couple weeks um, with Daniel Jones and the Giants' offense. Now, the offense as a whole has been sputtering, and it doesn't really have much of an identity yet. It's just it's not a good overall offense, but Shepard has been a great uh, bright spot for, uh, for the Giants' offense. Some guys that I'm seeing fall off. Uh, Marquez Callaway for the Saints. Um, two very back-to-back or uh, very disappointing back-to-back performances here to start the year after all the preseason hype and and Jameis, uh, you know, the talking about the chemistry and thinking he's going to stretch the field, make big plays like what we saw in that preseason game. Uh, what was it against the the Lions? Um, 
he's been falling like a rock, dropped at um, 17% of leagues here over the last seven days. Le'Veon Bell, another guy who just, I don't know if there's really any tread left on those tires, man. Um, you know, Pittsburgh worked him like a mule when he was there. He takes the year off, suffers under, you know, Adam Gase for a couple seasons who doesn't know how to use him. So maybe when there was tread on the tires, you know, it just he wasn't being used properly. Um, you know, didn't uh, didn't show up in Kansas City, and now in, in Baltimore, still, you know, buried under uh, you know Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray, um, you know Devontae Freeman. It's it's not a good uh, it's not a good time to be Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm seeing drop after a, a very suboptimal performance last week. Let's take a look at some other guys. Trey Sermon. Um, I wouldn't have thought that Trey Sermon would be a guy that people are giving up on so early. Um, but he did, you know, he did get uh, put into concussion protocol after his one and only carry in week two. Um, so there's a chance he might play. He's listed as questionable this week. Um, Eli Mitchell. Actually, what you know, let's go ahead and tackle the 49ers running back situation right now. Eli Mitchell did not practice with a shoulder injury, but he did return to the game. So there's uh, some optimism there that he should start and be ready to go. Sermon, as I mentioned, limited with a concussion. Uh, Jamichael Hasty out with a knee injury. Jeff Wilson out with his own knee injury. So um, if for whatever reason Sermon can't go or Mitchell can't go, you're, got, you're looking at guys like uh, – I forget the first uh, Cannon, who was just picked up from Baltimore's practice, uh, not practice squad, but um, Baltimore cut ties with him here. I think Carolina did as well. Uh, the Niners just picked him up. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to go that far. But, um, yeah, obviously I, I would be trying to stay away from the 49ers running back situation, at least for this week, until some of these or uh, injuries get sorted out. Um, and finally, another name that I wanted to mention was Ronald Jones uh, for Tampa Bay. I think that um, anyone dropping him right now, I, I get it. You know, I mean, he's he's not producing. He's clearly second fiddle behind Leonard Fournette. Um, but remember, we're only in week three now. It's still very early. Pump the brakes. This is a guy that, okay, you don't want to put him in your lineup, fine but he's an injury away from being a lead back on a really strong offense. So, you know, maybe stash him if you can. You know, I get it if you're, you know, like in a 10-team league or something and, you know, you don't have the spots and there's some better options out there. I get it. Um, but if you're a 12 or, or bigger team league, I would advise at least holding on to him. I know I am. Definitely not trying to start him um, until – you know, he gets uh, his, his playmaking ability kind of figured out and gets out of the Arians' doghouse. But uh, I would not advise dropping him. One last name, Jerry Judy, I've seen dropped a lot. Um, he got injured in week one. And I'm sorry, same, same thing as Rojo. It is far too early to be letting go of a guy uh, like Jerry Judy who, you know, he, he's, it's, this shouldn't be a long-term injury. I mean, a minimum three weeks, it could go on the longer side, you know, four or five, six weeks. Still, that's, I mean, it's half the season, but 
well, actually, you know, a third of the season. Now I, I forget we're looking at 18 weeks. Um, that's a guy, if you have an IR spot, perfect. If you don't, I mean, he's still, in my opinion, worth the bench stash. Um, receivers are pretty easy to come by both in free agency and, you know, honestly, most teams probably drafted at least four or five solid receivers anyway. So I would definitely hold him. All right. Not not too uh, not too shabby for uh, my initial in- injury report and waiver wire combo. So I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to hit the love-hate for week three and then, um, you know, move on to uh, some pickups. You're coming up. Stay tuned. Welcome back to John's Big Board. We're in the third segment here. We're going to go ahead and hit it up with a little love-hate for week three. Uh, got a lot to get through, so I'm going to get right to it. Uh, I want to say, honestly, for the third week in a row, this might start sounding like a broken record, but very high on Kyler Murray. Uh, just another juicy matchup against a really weak Jacksonville defense. Um, <laughs> that Listen, real quick. Kyler Murray, in in his first two games, I know, not a huge sample size, but these numbers scream just unbelievable. Averaging in two games 345 yards in the air and four and a half touchdowns. I mean, granted, yes, I know that we're talking about the Titans and the Vikings defenses, but still, those are gaudy numbers. Um you know, I, I honestly, and I expect it to to continue this week because Jacksonville's defense has allowed 300 plus to both Houston and Denver. Neither one of those teams are exactly prolific passing offenses either. So I expect a third consecutive big day from Kyler Murray, and he would probably be the number one quarterback on my board for this week. Really love Lamar Jackson against the Lions. Um, fun fact for you, Lamar Jackson is actually third in the league in rushing yards with 193. So, um, yeah, everybody not named Derrick Henry and, uh, what Joe Mixon, maybe I'm not sure who's second, but, um, yeah, I mean, come on, he's a cheat code. Um, on top of that, so he's got 193 yards on the ground in two games He's also averaging 237 yards through the air. That's 19 points a game in just yardage alone. That's what some quarterbacks average, you know, the the full package, touchdowns and everything. This guy is on pace to really be able to deliver for you, and I think he was coming at a bit of a discount in drafts this year, so if uh, you did get a share of Lamar Jackson. You are def- definitely reaping some of the rewards now. Um, last note on that is the Lions defense has given up the most passing touchdowns, um, or it did so in, in 2020. 
and they're already and they're going to be missing uh, their star cornerback Jeff Akuda, who was put on season-ending IR after rupturing his Achilles. So the the already bad Lions defense gets worse, and that only means good things for Lamar Jackson. Uh, big fan of Russell Wilson this week. Uh, very clean, very crisp. Six hundred yards passing, six uh, touchdown to no interception ratio in the first two games this year. Um, seven and zero lifetime against the Vikings, and the uh, Minnesota defense allows three hundred and thirty yards and two and a half touchdowns a game uh, through the air. So I think this is another big spot for Russell Wilson. Um, you could honestly look at. Uh, you know Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I think um, those guys could could definitely feast, and we'll hit on that here momentarily. Um, last one I wanted to hit on the love list for quarterbacks. This is a guy that's not going to be on this list very often, but I really like Daniel Jones this week. Um, we know how bad Atlanta's defense is. Uh, they've already allowed the most passing touchdowns to date so far this season. So. Um, it's early, but they've established they're still not good at stopping the pass. Um, the thing that stands out to me about Daniel Jones is, all right, so traditionally he's been a turnover machine. Has not thrown an interception in two games yet. Um, surprising to me. He's you know over 500 yards passing, two touchdowns uh, through the air, and then another two touchdowns on the ground. Um, and chipping in with you know 122 yards on the ground as well, so he's... You know, I, I'm not going to say the guy's a dual-threat quarterback by any means, but he's definitely contributing where it counts. So I'd expect a little more of the same. I think this could be um, a sneaky game for both teams. Um, neither defense, I think, is particularly threatening. So this could uh, end up being one of those surprisingly high-scoring games um, You know, where just both teams focus primarily on just passing the ball and getting the ball downfield. I could see a lot of chunk plays, a lot of big scoring plays. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, hate list for this week. Not, not in love with Baker Mayfield against the bears. Uh, of course, you know, we, we touched on it during the injury segment, lost Jarvis Landry for a minimum of three weeks. And not to mention he hurt his own shoulder last week. Um, he did come back and, you know, he, he should be in line to play this week, but, um, Losing his top healthy weapon, you know, Odell Beckham being an unknown, don't really know if he's going to play just yet. Um, only has one passing touchdown so far in two games, and that's that's pretty disappointing. Um, you know, we know that Baker's going to be a game manager kind of quarterback anyway, and they're going to, you know, the Browns are going to rely on their running game for, you know, the vast majority of, of the games because, you know, they got a defense that's going to keep them in most games. So I'd expect um, you know Baker Mayfield to really just play a, a steady game management kind of role, uh, but this is also a Bears defense that picked off Joe Burrow three times. So I you know take that as you will. I'm not in love with the Bears defense either, but um, still they they showed out against Joe Burrow, and uh, I don't like the prospects for Mayfield here this week. Uh, Jameis Winston against the Patriots, not loving this. Um, picked off. The Jets here four times last week. Um, Jameis, you know, after the 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 blowout win against Green Bay, 
uh, where he threw five touchdowns. One thing that you know we've we've seen now. Granted, it's only been two games; things can change. But um, it looks like Sean Payton and and Saints and company are doing everything they can to keep Jameis's workload low. You know, in his first two games, he's only attempted twenty and twenty-two passes. That's, I mean, that's in this day and age, that's you know almost unheard of. So they're definitely keeping his volume down, which of course. You know, as a you know a pass first quarterback like Jameis is, um, you know, especially a guy who likes to chuck the ball downfield too, um, you know, limiting those opportunities is obviously going to limit his scoring potential. Um, not to mention, New England is allowing just 213 yards through the air and has allowed only one passing touchdown so far this season. I don't like Winston here in Week Three, and lastly. Trevor Lawrence, um, as you know, I mentioned here in the last segment, he's uh, he's actually being dropped in a considerable number of leagues, and you know I think for for good reason. He's only got a fifty percent completion rate, a four touchdown to five interception ratio. That's not getting it done. And you you put in the Cards' aggressive defense. You know, in two games they've got seven sacks to go along with three turnovers. Um, it, it's not a good spot for Lawrence. He, I, I love his long-term potential, but this year, um, you know, or at, at the very least, early on this year, as he's still, you know, getting acclimated to the the pro game, um, this is a spot that I'm definitely avoiding if I have Trevor Lawrence. Moving on to the running backs, my my main man, King Henry himself. Uh, against the Colts, love, love the matchup. Um, currently leads the league in rushing, averages 86.5 yards against the Colts throughout his career. So, I mean, this is a guy that that runs on the Colts consistently and uh, had over 100 yards on the ground in both games last year. So I think you can start him with confidence. Um, and, and the thing that uh, that's standing out, or, or I don't know if it's a fluke, it's early, but uh, something that I'm taking note of is, is Derrick Henry becoming PPR friendly? In two games, he's got nine catches. That's that's not something that uh, we're used to seeing out of Derrick Henry. Uh, in fact, honestly, it was his receiving prowess that uh, you know really helped catapult them and move the chains against Seattle last week in that, uh, that comeback win. So I, I really like Derrick Henry here in week three. Austin Eckler bounced back. He was on my list last week as a guy I liked, and he showed up. I like him again here against the Chiefs. Um, Casey's already, I mean, gosh, their defense is really, really bad so far uh, to start the uh, the 21 season. They've already allowed seven touchdowns and, uh, you know, whoa, 200, over 200 rushing yards a game. Now, I don't expect Austin Eckler to push 200 yards. That's just not the kind of offense that the Chargers run, and it's not the kind of guy that that Eckler is. But could he get half of that? Absolutely. With the way that the Chiefs have been playing defense, heck, I might go out there and and run for a few yards. Um, I do expect it to be a high-scoring game, lots of offense. Um, This could be a shootout, and I think that that's the kind of game that's going to support Eckler's play style and uh, his kit. So I like him in that. And then Najee Harris, um, like I said, I know the uh, the final lines haven't been great as far as the, the rushing side of things, but uh, Big Ben's hurt. Um, 
I really think they're going to try to to give him an increased workload. Um, you know, Cincinnati has allowed the fourth most rush yards, or at least did so last year, but they've been a little more stout here this season. Um, I, I think Najee Harris is a volume play. I don't necessarily love the fact that I, I don't think he's going off for 150 and, and two, but, um, you know, he could get you, you know, somewhere right around 18 to 20 carries might get you right around 80 yards. I'm, I'm banking on kind of a, a four yards per carry average here. And then, um, I do expect him to find the end zone. I really think they're going to try to ride, um, ride him in this, in this game against the Bengals. So I like his prospects. Um, Antonio Gibson leads off my hate list this week. Do not like him against the Bills. He hasn't scored this year. And on top of that, the Buffalo defense has allowed exactly zero rushing touchdowns to date um, to go along with the second fewest yards allowed um, overall. So I don't like Gibson's prospects here. David Montgomery against the Browns. um, I'd, I'd say Cleveland's defense is pretty tough. You could make the argument that Montgomery is going to get a ton of volume, which, you know, honestly, I, I, I can see that happening. You're probably not trying to put the hand in Justin Fields uh, or put the ball in, in Justin Fields' hands too much in his first start. Um, but just bear in mind that the Cleveland defense hasn't allowed more than 43 yards to a running back in their first two games, um, and that is rushing yardage, by the way. Uh, Daryl Henderson against the Bucks. I You know, on I don't like it for a couple reasons. One, the rib injury. We don't know exactly how bad it is. He hasn't practiced. I expect him to suit up, but I think we could see a pretty healthy dose of Sony Michelle as well as he learns the offense a little bit more and, and they try to rest Henderson. Um, but honestly, the Bucks defense is it was number one against the run last year. They're picking up right where they left off. They're allowing the seventh fewest fantasy points to running back so far this season. Um, I think this is going to be one of those uh, ditch the run and, you know, or, well, maybe not ditch the run, but uh, it, it should be a pass heavy game. And, you know, if Henderson plays, he can catch the ball. You know, it definitely works in his favor, but uh, I do think he's going to be limited by that rib injury and uh, the added involvement of Sony Michelle. Moving on to the receivers, loving Calvin Ridley this week. Um, against the Giants, even though the overall numbers are a, a little bit lacking, it's not exactly what you're looking for. The volume is there. Um, 18 targets in the first two games. He's caught 12 of those. So he's, he's definitely getting volume. Matt Ryan is looking for him early and often. That's what you want. Um, you know, especially in an offense where he, really he's the man. It's him, Kyle Pitts, and, and to a lesser extent, Mike Davis, because he's not running the ball well either. But, um, you know, I, I like Ridley from a, a volume play, and bear in mind that the Giants did just get torched by Terry McLaurin here last week. Um, I know different kind of receivers, but um, no, I, I think Ridley could be in line for a very strong game here. C.D. Lamb against the Eagles, I really like him. Um, already leads Dallas in targets with 24 and total scrimmage yards with 198. Um, the Amari Cooper rib injury could keep him out. If that's the case, then, you know, they're already without Michael Gallup. So you, you have a undisputed wide receiver one that Prescott will probably pepper with targets. Um, especially since the Eagles are pretty stout against the run 
and could force a pass-heavy script. Um, I could see C.D. Lamb going off, you know, somewhere in the lo- along the lines of 12 to 15 targets, maybe catch 10, you know, 10 catches, 100 plus yards, and find it in the end zone once or twice. Uh, but he will see Darius Slay, which, you know, that that that's, you know, from Slay's standpoint, he could be really good or he can just be uh, absolutely torchable. We never know exactly which one's going to show up. Um, when I was talking about Russell Wilson, I alluded to these guys, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. You're getting a twofer. I really can't pick one here. I like them both against the Vikings. Um, you know, Minnesota, once again, the 236 yards and two and a half touchdowns to receivers allowed this season um, has all the makings for one, if not both of these guys, to go off. Um, Lockett has been on an absolute tear to start the season, has great rapport with Russell Wilson, so I could I could really see him going off. Uh, some guys I don't like, Deontay Johnson. The injury is, is kind of scaring me away. Um, it, you know, I think it's going to hamper him. I think it should be a, he- a run-heavy script there. That's why I like Najee Harris. Uh, Big Ben being dinged up with the pec injury. I don't love it. I just I think it's a, a bad recipe for um, for Deontay Johnson here this week. Corey Davis, another one of those guys, didn't show up. Only had eight yards last week. Um, Denver's allowed just fourteen wide receivers uh, wide receiver touchdowns in the last year. Um, you know, you're still dealing with a, a rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. And, you know, Denver's got a very strong secondary. Once again, not not really digging Corey Davis this week. And um, despite blowing up last week against the Giants, I do not like Terry McLaurin this week against the Bills. Uh, they're, just, they're allowing just 161 passing yards in the air a game. And he's going to see a very healthy uh, helping of Tredavious White. So I think that's going to limit that along with uh, Taylor Heineke, who has been serviceable. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's the worst backup quarterback in the league, but um, he's not scary. He's definitely not somebody who you're game planning against. So um, no, I expect them to take McLaurin out of the game. Moving on to the tight ends, TJ Hawkinson uh, against the Ravens. Um, I mean, he's second in the league in in total targets among tight ends um, behind only Darren Waller. Uh, So he's getting extremely heavy volume. He's really the best receiver on the team and negative game script in most, if not all, these Lions games that we're going to see this year. Um, I I honestly think we're going to be looking at uh, a a career year for, for TJ and this is another game where I expect Baltimore to get up pretty quick and um, and stay up. And so uh, that, that's a script that I think is going to benefit Hawkinson in this game. Rob Gronkowski, I like him against the Rams. Um, they've allowed five-plus catches to guys like Cole Kmet and Jack Doyle, who also scored a touchdown. So, you know, Brady is going to make it a point to find out where you're weakest on defense, and he will attack. And guarding tight ends just hasn't been the Rams' strong suit. Uh, I made the mistake of doubting Gronk last week. Not going to happen again this week. Um, Not to mention, no AB could mean even more targets here in this game. Um, Really like Kyle Pitts this week against the Giants, really for the same reasons as I mentioned with Ridley. Um, 
He's going to get solid volume. He already has 14 targets, which is very healthy for a tight end in two games. And the Giants do allow the fourth most tight end points, at least on Yahoo. Um, so it, it is an exploitable matchup. I really like it. Uh, guys, I don't like Logan Thomas against the Bills. Um, they've allowed the Bills defense, that is, allowed 92 yards and zero touchdowns to tight end so far this year. In two games, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty impressive. Logan Thomas is um, definitely, at best, the third option in that offense behind Gibson and McLaurin. Um, you know, I, I don't know that – I don't I, – I don't – it's it's tough to predict the game script in this game because I can see it going a couple of ways. The Bills could run away with this, or it could be a, a – knock them out, drag them out kind of, you know, kind of game. And I either one, I'm not sure really benefits Thomas, but um, not loving him against this defense. Evan Ingram should be primed to make his return against the Falcons. Um, likely needs to shake off some rust. Uh, you know, he's missed the first two games, the ankle injury. Um, wasn't really, I mean, he, he's one of the, he's probably a post hype kind of guy now. I mean, we, We've spent years trying to hype this guy up only to be disappointed year in and year out. Um, the Giants receiving core is deeper than ever before. I, I don't love it, even though it is an exploitable matchup. I just think that he's probably going to need a little time, maybe a game or two, to get back up to full game speed. So I don't love it. Um, Mark Andrews, another guy I don't like this week. Normally I do, but the thing that stands out that uh, that I'm taking note of is um, despite being Lamar Jackson's or probably is arguably you know his favorite target in the red zone last year, he has not received a single red zone target so far this year. Um, couple that with the Lions allowing the second fewest receiver uh, receptions rather to tight ends since last year. Um, you know they're pretty they're pretty middle of the pack against tight ends. I just don't like the matchup um, for Mark Andrews here this week. Now, with that said, watch him go off, um, which I'm not going to be mad about. I've paired him up with Lamar in one of my leagues. So here's to hoping I'm wrong. Um, lastly, let's go ahead and tackle a couple defenses here. Buffalo, really like him against the Redskins, or sorry, Washington football team. That's that's a that's a habit that's going to that's gonna take forever to shake. Forever the Redskins in my mind. But uh, Bills shut out Miami last week, and Taylor Heineke, once again, is not scary. So I do like the Bills' defense this week. I like the Browns against Chicago. They're facing a rookie quarterback. They have a you know solid pass rush. Um, secondary filled with talent that just seems to under underachieve. Um, but once again, Chicago's offense isn't exactly you know a world burner either. So I don't mind them in this matchup. And then finally, really like the Broncos against Jacksonville here, um, facing another rookie quarterback who's, you know, to this point been pretty mistake-prone with the turnovers. Um, strong secondary. Jacksonville's not running the ball like they should. Um, so, yeah, I, I, really, uh, I really like Denver. I think they could finish as a top-five unit here this week. Uh, teams I don't like. Two of them are from the same game, and they're both arguably top five defenses, both Bucks and Rams. I don't like either one of these defenses this week. Both present tough challenges to one another. Uh, both teams move and score well. 
you know, both have solid offensive lines, solid, you know, just solid all around. I don't like this for either team. Um, you know, I, I, if you can, once again, pick up a streamer like Carolina, if you can, Arizona would be a nice play Denver. If it's there, um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be messing with either one of those. And then lastly, I don't like the Niners against green Bay. Um, you know, Packers came back with a vengeance here, albeit yes, it's against the lions. Um, but let's be honest, the lions put up a ton of yardage and a ton of scores, um, on the 49ers in week one. Green Bay can do the same thing, not to mention they just lost uh, Drake Greenlaw, one of their best uh, linebackers. Yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not loving it this week. So that is going to conclude my week three love-hate. Going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to go ahead and uh, for the first time this season, going to get into some pickums here for week three. So stick around. Thank you for sticking around for the final segment of the show. It's been a very juicy, fun-filled, information-packed show for you. Hope you're enjoying it. Thank you guys for uh, for listening to me here, uh, whether you find me on Twitter, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, uh, some of the fine uh, platforms you can find me and other talented podcasters on. Once again, thank you. Uh, gonna go ahead and hit the pickums here for week three. I think a great place to start would be tonight's game against you know with the uh, the two and O Carolina Panthers hitting up the one and one Houston Texans. Um, Davis Mills getting his first start due to Tyrod Taylor's hamstring injury. Um, this is a huge test for him. Carolina's defense, while you know, preseason prediction probably wouldn't have had them playing as well as they are right now. Um, Carolina's defense is only allowing 10 and a half points a game. And I, this is a game I could definitely see the Panthers running away with because Houston's defense is, you know, Swiss cheese. It's leaving a lot to be desired. Uh, teams are just moving the ball at will against the Texans. And when you got playmakers like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, you know, just to name a couple here, that's it's going to be tough, I think, for Houston to to key on key in on any one of those guys. Um, clearly, you know, McCaffrey's the heart and soul of the offense, but uh, even if you manage to to limit him, you can never really truly take him away. Uh, but if you limit him, uh, there's a pair of receivers on the outside that can do a lot of damage to you. So uh, I like Carolina here in this game. Uh, moving on to Sunday, we got the 0-2 Colts traveling to Nashville to take on the 1-1 Titans. I do like the Titans in this game. Um, as for mentioned, 
mentioned uh, Derek Henry, who I think uh, is primed to have another solid game, coming off a huge, huge game against the Seahawks. Um, I also, you know, I, I don't hate um, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I think this could be a, a really run-heavy game. Um, you know, just another hard, you know, hard-running uh, physical game, but I do like the Titans overall a little bit better, especially if Carson Wentz doesn't play, then um, I, I, I'm I going to give the Titans uh, a substantial edge there. Uh, we got the 0-2 Falcons against the 0-2 Giants. This is a tough one for me to call. Gun to my head, I like the Giants at home, but not by much. It's not going to surprise me if Atlanta can pull off an upset here. Because, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think this could be one of those sneaky, high-scoring games where, um, you know, even though the uh, the offensive lines for both teams aren't very good, um, you know, I, I could see a lot of passing in this game. Saquon Barkley might have his uh, return to the NFL game, you know, where, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know we, we come in talking about week four going, he's back. You know, we'll, we'll know, um, or, you know, we'll see here after this game but um if it's if there's a time to do it for Barkley now is the time uh Chargers one and one going to Arrowhead to take on the one and one Chiefs um I like Kansas City here but only because the offense is clicking the defense is struggling in a big way and Justin Herbert has been playing well the numbers aren't uh jumping off the page but I want to say north of uh 75 percent or 77 percent completion percentage here in the first couple games so highly accurate moving the ball um had a couple of touchdowns called back against dallas last week so um this could be a pretty intriguing game i'm looking forward to it this definitely has the makings of the the game of the week to it here um next up on the docket one and one Bengals taking on one and one steelers this could be a trap game for pittsburgh um i'm still as of right now, I'm going to take them to win just because, you know, we haven't had uh, any declaration of, you know, Big Ben or, you know, Deontay Johnson, any of the big names uh, not playing here. Um, and they did just get roasted by Derek Carr. So, you know, um, you know I'm, I'm pretty sure that defense is a little pissed off and, and what better team to take it out on than uh, your division rival, Cincinnati Bengals. So give me the Steelers, but I think it's a low-scoring close one here. Uh, Bears and Browns, I like Cleveland in this game. I just think it's a little more balanced, but um, that it's really just because Justin Fields is getting his first start. Um, even though he's an upgrade over Dalton, there's going to be the inexperience is going to play. And I think it's going to be, at times sloppy and i think at times you're going to see what you know the 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 potential of justin fields is going to be he's going to be flashy at times but i do think that there will be some noticeable rookie jitters rookie mistakes and those are the kinds of things that i think cleveland's defense can and likely will take advantage of so i like the browns in a close one ravens i think are going to run away um, in Detroit, um, should dominate the lions. Detroit can't stop a, a cold and, uh, Balt, you know, Baltimore is just, especially after the, the big win against the chiefs last week, um, riding high, lots of momentum. I would hate to be the lions here this week. 
I like the Patriots at home against the Saints. I think they shut down Jameis William, uh, Jameis Winston rather, and um, Alvin Kamara. As good as he is, you know, Bill Belichick is a defensive mastermind. I think they find a way to limit him. You know, maybe maybe uh, you know gets loose for a play or two, but I think in the grand scheme of things, he's going to be pretty contained. And I think the Patriots do walk away with a win here. Cardinals in a landslide over the Jaguars. Don't need to go into detail about that. I like the Bills over the uh, Washington football team. I almost did it again. Those darn Redskins. Uh, Broncos over the Jets. I like that in a big way. Um, Honestly, I I could see Denver just having their way with the Jets um, as injuries continue to pile up. Uh, The surprising 2-0 Raiders taking on Miami. I like the Raiders at home. Uh, A two-a-less Miami offense. Um, Just to go along with the mediocrity that they've they've shown in the first couple games, Derek Carr is uh, is on fire right now, and uh, I really like their uh, their chances even without Josh Jacobs if he does not play. Um, I really like Seattle on the road against Minnesota. Um, it this is another high scoring game. I could see you know I mean can Minnesota win the game? Yes. But it's it'll have to be in the same vein that Tennessee did last week. You're going to have to be able to run the ball and just take advantage of a, a fairly weak Seahawks defense because they're going to put points up. Uh, Seahawks, that is. Um, I I could see this pushing you know a, a, an over of sixty. Uh, I, I expect this to definitely be one of the highest scoring games of the week. And then actually, I I might have spoken a little too soon. When I said that um, the Chargers Chiefs could be game of the week, because here's your game of the week: Bucks going to L.A. to take on the Rams, and I I like the Bucks, but man, this this is probably going to be the toughest game on their schedule all season long, and there's there's no holes really on either team. The Bucks secondary is a little dinged up. If I had to pick a weakness, that would be it. And it's a it's a tough team to have that kind of weakness against because Stafford's playing very well. Cooper Cup's coming off a huge game. Robert Woods hasn't really gotten involved in the offense to date, but he's still a dangerous weapon who can go off at any time. So, you know, I I do like the Bucks, but I think this uh, this is has all the makings of a, a very back and forth kind of game. And then uh, we got the one and one. Packers heading to San Francisco to take on the Niners. Aaron Rodgers coming back home. Um, no, I, I like Green Bay in this game. I think they're they're going to win rather handily. Um, and then uh, for our Monday night game, Eagles traveling to Dallas. I like the Cowboys in this game. This could be another pretty high-scoring game. Jalen Hurts um, doesn't have much to worry about. As far as Dallas's defense goes, um, they at least they can't get after the quarterback with wear out. Um, he should have a little more time than usual. Um, I like the chemistry that's developing between him and Dallas Goddard. Um, but on the flip side, Dallas they got Dak, they got CD, and they got Zeke, and that's typically uh, going to be enough to beat 
you know, a lot of the uh, the lower rung teams, which I, I still think in the long run, Philly's going to be one of the bottom dwelling teams here uh, when all is said and done. But uh, that'll wrap up the Pick'em segment here for week three. Um, and actually, I think that's going to wrap up the show for this week. Uh, got a, a great slate of games. Uh, can't wait for, for Sunday here. Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm excited about tonight's game, but I, I, I really want to see, uh, Carolina just as a Titans fan, I want to see Carolina just stomp Houston, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Houston's still been, you know, moving the ball, but that was with Tyrod and with him out and Davis Mills in. I have all the confidence that Carolina is going to be able to pull it out. So, um, with that said, man, I, I, I really like, uh, where we're going here. I think another solid show. Uh, want to thank you again for listening. Um, catch me on Spotify, Google podcast, breaker radio, public and pocket cast. Some of the great publishers and, and uh, platforms that, uh, allow me to, bring all of this information to you. I hope you enjoy everything. Find me on Twitter at hot Mike John. Um, leave, you know, leave me a follow, leave me a note. It's, you know, this is going to be up here on, uh, on Twitter here shortly. So, um, let me know what you think. If, uh, if you got any of the loves or hates that you agree, disagree, let me know what you think in the comments. Love to have, uh, have those discussions with you guys. So, um, look, really looking forward to, to week three and, you know, getting after it. So enjoy your, your fantasy football weekends starts this week, starts tonight. Good luck. And I'll see you next week. Peace. <laughs>